We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! Merry Christmas, Orlando Magic fans. You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is December 25th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always. Joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, Merry Christmas, my friend. How are you? Merry Christmas, brother. Uh, I'm a lot better that now that the Magic won and I don't have to wait until Tuesday for us to play a game that we should win and, uh, and, and not know at that point if this team has it in them because by that point they would have been on a five-game losing streak, whatever. And I would have said all, all, all the bets are there. All, you know, they're all bets are off and great chance of losing. So I'm happy. To have received a win tonight going into Christmas makes my uh, my heart happy. Yeah, we're recording this about 10.30 Saturday night, uh, fresh off the Magic victory over the Indiana Pacers. So again, really happy that the Magic are not on a five-game losing streak heading into Christmas. And they gave us a little early Christmas present, the win over the Pacers, which we'll talk about in a, a few minutes here. Luke, as I as I sat down you know, to, to get ready for this pod, started thinking on either a year ago or two years ago you and i did like a christmas song draft right oh yeah and i still i still prefer my list i'm not i'm not backing off of that but like the the masses preferred your list right Mm. i have a question for you just in terms of like christmas songs in general like what is your like hottest christmas song take that you have my hottest christmas song take oh I don't know. I'm assuming you're asking this because you have one. So I would love to to hear yours and then and see where I'm at. So I didn't think this was a hot take, but okay. sharing this with my family recently, it has become, I guess, a hot take. Mm-hmm. My hot take is that Last Christmas by Wham, one is the worst Christmas song, and two, like isn't even a Christmas song. To me, a Christmas song needs to have like one of a few pieces of criteria. It needs to be like in the two to three minute range. Shouldn't be longer than that. And then you have to have like a solid horn section and you've got to have the sleigh bells for the majority of the song. You take any song, you throw a horn section into that and some sleigh bells, like pretty, you know, good amount throughout the song. And it can turn almost anything 
into a Christmas song. Last Christmas by Wham, other than like the occasional sleigh bell every 45 seconds, and the word Christmas being in that song has almost nothing to do with Christmas. Mm. And it's like four and a half minutes long. It was way too long to be a Christmas song. Mm. And my family loves that song, and I, I can't stand it. I don't think it's good. I don't love that song. You know, okay, here's my, I don't know if this is even a hot take. It's just a take I have about a specific Christmas song. Um, The song Christmas Shoes. You heard that oh, song? Dude, that is a freaking heartbreaker. That's a heartbreaker, but I also just hate it. I can't <laughs> stand it, bro. I cannot stand it from just like, like, why, why, why are we doing such sad things? And like, he wants to like I don't know, man. Just like he he doesn't have, he tries to collect all this change for his dying mother, and like he's gonna give her shoes. I get it, man. So but she can like, look nice when she meets Jesus. Dude, that's that. Jesus don't my care, father, man. He don't care about your shoes. He don't care if, if you get to heaven, or he's like, nah, fam, you ain't coming up in here, you <laughs> dirty dog. But my father will ball his eyes out every year <laughs> listening to the Christmas shoes. It's that song. generation, that generation, like our parents' generation. They, that 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 song's got them all in a chokehold. Um, I didn't even know about it, to be honest with you, until like five, five, four or five years ago. I just can't stand the song. I, I listened to it. There's no nostalgia for me. I didn't listen to it growing up. And I was like, man, this, this song stinks, to be quite <laughs> so honest with you. That part, that song is very much a part of my like Christmas childhood experience. So I, it is, it's an incredibly depressing song. And the, yeah. the sentiment is, is very sweet. But yeah, like, is it an absolute bop? Probably not, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> oh, they just I have do everything another... to try to make you cry. Oh, yeah. Well, it does It does the job with that, but I do have another take. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You gets far too much hate. I understand that people don't like it because it is the most overplayed Christmas song in existence. There's a reason. And though. it is such a meme. But if you get rid of that, that song is a banger, bro. It's a good song. It absolutely is. It's a good song. I mean, regardless of how you feel about the song, you're singing it when it comes on. It was or, my number one pick a few years ago, and people were like, what are you doing? That song's terrible. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. I- I'm tired just, of acting like it is. It's the radio effect. It's the it radio is. effect. Yeah. Don't listen, folks. Stop listening to the radio. Stop listening to what everybody else makes you listen to. Listen to what you want, and you will have a new appreciation for just good music in general. How mad do you think people are right now that, that we've been discussing these Christmas songs for the last few few uh, minutes? If they're listening to this on Christmas, I mean, it, it's, it's fitting, right? Some people are mad because it's after these Christmas. Songs today. <laughs> yeah. I, you know. so, some people are mad because it's after Christmas by the time they're listening to this. And they're like, man. Well, that's not over. our fault. If you're listening to the episode late, knuckleheads, <laughs> like, listen Next to them out when Thursday. we put them out. Like I, I don't care that the kids are opening presents. The six man show dropped a new episode. <laughs> Listen to that. No, I'm just kidding. First of all, like really just want to wish everybody a, a wonderful Merry Christmas. Hope you guys are are spending it with, with loved ones. And that's really the the point of the holiday, you know, to to em- embrace family. Obviously, we're celebrating the the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus, my man. But uh yeah, while you're doing that, uh really hope that you guys just um, spend the day with your families and, and have a have a great time, and you don't have to worry about magic basketball because they uh, they won uh, before before Christmas. So, 
for those of you uh, that that appreciate our uh, six fan show, you know the the fan uh, episodes that we've been uh, dropping this year, where we have fans outside of the newly named Kia Center to give their takes and celebrate wins and mourn losses immediately after games at home. Uh, our next one is coming up next Friday when the Magic take on the New York Knicks. Our guy Ben will be outside of the Kia Center after that game uh, recording. He'll have the lights, the mic, and all that good stuff. So, again, you guys can give your takes and, again, celebrate wins, mourn losses, vent, whatever it is that you want to or you know whatever uh, you feel uh, in your heart to do after those Magic games. You'll have the ability to do that. Luke, let's get into the state of the Magic. This week, the Magic went 1-2 and two, uh, with a loss to Miami Wednesday night, a loss to Milwaukee on Thursday, which we'll talk about in a bit here, and then the win over the Pacers on Saturday, which we will also recap. They currently sit fourth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 17-11. and 11. They're five games back of first place Boston, four and a half games back of Milwaukee, three games back of Philly, a half game up on Miami, a game up on New York, a game and a half up on Cleveland, three games up on Indiana, four games up on Brooklyn, and five games up on Chicago and Atlanta. The Magic are now 18th in the NBA this season in offensive rating with a rating of 113.4. They are sixth in the NBA in defensive rating with a rating of 110.5, and they're ninth in overall net rating with a net rating of three. Taking a look at the injury report as we do each episode, Markel Fultz has now missed the last 20 games with left knee tendonitis. Joe Ingles has missed the last four games with a sprained left ankle. And Jalen Suggs has missed the last two games with a sprained left wrist. Luke, something that came to my attention this weekend, uh, the Magic, we, we've talked about this plenty of times on the show, the Magic are one of, I think, three teams in the league. I think it's the Clippers, the Raptors, and the Magic. The only three teams that don't have a jersey retired for a player uh, the Big Shaq podcast, a new podcast uh, presented by Playmaker uh, with Shaquille O'Neal and Adam Lefko. Shaq was talking about you know his response to criticism, and he he starts going through and enlisting all of his accolades. I was undefeated in high school. You know I was really good at LSU. I have a, a my jersey retired there and a statue. And then he said the Orlando Magic about to be the first jersey retired. Talks about, you know, LA Jersey retired championship statue, all that kind of stuff. But that is news to us. There has been no official announcement that the Orlando Magic are going to retire Shaquille O'Neal's jersey. This might just be another instance of Shaq just talking. Because Shaq does have a history of that, you know, talking about how him and, and Dennis Scott still run the organization last year, which we all know is is not the case as those guys just have not been around all that much the you know past you know decade plus uh but Shaq claiming that he's about to be the the first uh, jersey retired by the Magic Luke one do you believe him and two assuming we do believe him how do you feel about if Shaq were to be the first Orlando Magic jersey to be retired the first thing i think when i hear this is like running to my schedule seeing if there's any narrative that fits to see like is Shaq going to get it retired on a certain game? Is there anything that looks good that it could happen? This is, that, that's my first thought because I'm like, I understand the Magic are very buttoned up. We all know this, right? They're, they're, they're freaking Fort Knox. But Shaq isn't at all. Shaq is on TV all the time. It's only a matter of time before, like, if he knows the news, he's going to say it. 
eventually. Enough reps are going to happen. The magic are going to come up enough times or his ego is going to be challenged enough times that he's like, hey, I'm going to be the first jersey retired for the Atlanta Magic, right? I don't know if they would do this because I would assume that they would be in Studio J this night. But the Magic have a game on TNT February 13th. I don't know. I don't know if they would do something special with like the guys in the arena. Bring them in like they I think they've done that for the playoffs and maybe certain special games during the year. People that know that stuff know better than me. But uh, I would wonder, is February 13th when OKC comes to town, games on TNT, is that the night that, that it happens? If it does, if it does, I would expect an announcement in probably January that it's going to happen. But who knows? I don't know. This could be next year. I'm not sure, but it's fine. I mean, you can't be m- mad at Shaq being the first jersey retired, but there are absolutely arguments that other players deserve that first. That's where I stand. I don't care too much about that, about jersey retirement in general. But I, I think the Magic should retire jerseys. But I, I don't really mind either way, as long as like the guys that the Magic fan base collectively think should have their jerseys retired all have them eventually done. So do you believe Shaq? Back to that. I do. I do. I'm not I, sure. I it's crazy to me. Like, that's a crazy thing to say. It was very matter of fact. It wasn't like, I'm probably going to be the first jersey retired. It was like, I'm, a, I'm about to be. Didn't he say, like, I'm about to be or something like that? The say about crazy. To I, I just don't think that he, he says a lot of dumb things. But when it comes to himself, he doesn't really. Like, it's stuff that he would know. So I don't know him saying me and 3D still run the organization to me, (laughs) completely ridiculous thing to say, just absolutely not true. So he has said things very matter of factly in the past that were just BS. So I'm like 50, 50. Now it does make sense because one, the magic should have (laughs) retired his Jersey like 10 years ago when he retired. Or I don't. Maybe it was longer than ten years ago. Now I I forget when his his last season was, but it's the thirty fifth anniversary season, mm-hmm. right? You mentioned February thirteenth, the TNT night. That's when I was thinking as well. The Magic are also slated to wear the classic edition jerseys that night. The classic edition jerseys are to celebrate the thirty fifth anniversary season. Right. So to finally just be like, hey, like, what are we what are we doing here? Like we're reserving the, the, I guess the the mythos around the Magic retiring jerseys has been like the Magic have a, a list somewhere that has like individual criteria that no one has ever met. The only thing that like a, a Magic player has never met is one winning league MVP. And besides that, it would be like winning an NBA title. Shaq is never coming back. Like he's not coming out of retirement and doing either of those things. He's not going to be right. winning MVP of the league or winning an NBA championship anytime soon. So the notion that you're just never going to retire Shaquille O'Neal's jersey, who like the Orlando Magic as an organization and as like a global icon, like this this logo right by next to my head here is like globally recognizable anywhere you go because of Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Like Orlando is not the like metropolitan area that it is, most likely 
without Shaquille O'Neal and legitimately putting Orlando on the map in the early 90s, right? Yep. So the notion that you're just never going to retire his jersey is absolutely ridiculous because of this like criteria that you have. And when you look around the league, there are plenty of guys that have their jerseys retired that didn't win, you know, league MVP or or win championships for their organizations. That's not what it is. It's for what you said, guys that the fans hold in high regard that look, you meant so much to this organization and so much to this fan base. We're never going to let anybody else wear that number. Just a way to honor your team's history and to show these players and the fans for that fact, like for that matter, the their the appreciation. So am I good with Shaquille's jersey being retired? Absolutely. For me, it should be Nick Anderson. First ever draft pick, still the you know, uh franchise leader in games played, uh, has been around the team literally forever, is a community ambassador, is at every single game still, comes out to watch parties, comes out to all the fan events and all the charity events that the Magic do. Like Nick Anderson deserves it more than anybody else and should be the first jersey retired. Now, if they're going to do something where they retire like Shaq, Nick Anderson, and Penny's jerseys all on the same night, sign me the hell up because that would be incredible and there would be many a teary eye in the building that night if they were to do that. But if you're going to start doing this, Shaq, Nick, Penny, T-Mac needs to be in quick succession. Right, all these guys are already in the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame. If you're going to start retiring jerseys, just do it in bulk, baby. Let's go. I'm ready yeah. for it. Yeah, the only thing that makes me think that they're not doing a group induction there the night they do Shaq's is just because Shaq using the verbiage "I'm about to be the first makes me so think gross. there's nobody coming with them. So the dude left Orlando in the rear view. In what was it, you know, 96, 97, and hasn't really cared much since then. It's been almost 30 years since the dude left. Let's not act like he's been around since because he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the fact that he would be the first, I, I, I don't love that. I, I really don't love that. Um, but if, if it does, I'll be happy because his jersey should be retired. I'll be happy for him. But if you're, if you're doing Shaq, you do Nick Anderson like the next game. I'm, I'm, the Magic might even play the next night. I'm pretty sure they do. I don't know if that game is at home. But uh, yeah, you, you need to retire Nick's jersey five seconds after Shaq if Shaq is going to be the first. Yeah, you got the Knicks at home the next night. There you go. Perfect. Sign me up for that. We, we would be the first team to have jersey retirement ceremonies <laughs> at halftime in back-to-back games. Make NBA history, why don't you? All right, Luke, let's talk about this Bucks game. Uh, going back to what was that Thursday night, game was always going to be tough. You've got the home away back-to-back. You had Miami on Wednesday. You get your butt kicked in that game. Then you're going to Milwaukee on Thursday. Game was always going to be tough. But when you give Giannis, uh, what was it, 37 points, 15 of 19 from the free throw line, uh, the Bucks collectively shoot 31 of 35. At the free throw line, neither team really lights it up from behind the arc. Uh, But in my opinion, uh, this was a poorly uh, officiated game. They let the the Bucs play as physically as they wanted to, and it paid off with them getting to the free throw line. Didn't really go uh, the Magic's favor. Uh, But you lose this game by four. You miss seven free throws, Luke. 
this has sort of been a, a story all season, you know, in the some of the closer games that you have lost and you, you're missing a ton of free throws. Don't absolutely love that. But it was good to see Franz Wagner, Paolo get on track a bit more offensively. But this was just a, a scheduled loss. I'm, I'm just going to say that. Again, home road, back-to-back against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's been very, very good at home. I think this is like their ninth straight victory at home. And yeah, uh, Magic Fall 114 to 118 of this one uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks. It was wishful thinking to think that the Magic would go into Milwaukee the night after dropping a game to the Heat that you absolutely had no business dropping to go into Milwaukee. I thought I wouldn't have been shocked if the Magic won just because it wouldn't have made any sense. That's usually how the NBA works. You you lose the game that that you're supposed to win in that game with with Jimmy out uh, against Miami. And then the next night, you go into the star-studded Milwaukee Bucks who were on a tear, especially at home. That's the game that just, for no reason, you win that game. And unfortunately, the game wasn't nearly as close as the, the final score indicates. Magic lose by four, right? 118 to 114, but you were down 10 with like four minutes to go in this one. So, and again, it's another one of those things where the Magic shoot poorly from three. Stop us if you've heard that before. And they also attempted over 33s, which we have come to know that if the Magic attempt over 33s, it's a great chance they lose the game because that's just not their game. Now, what they did do that was their game was points in the paint. Outscore Milwaukee 60 to 40. They do a great job there. And that's really. The only thing that they were awesome at, aside from blocking shots with nine block shots in this one, and also kept your turnover count down, seven. That kept you closer in this game than you should have even been, in my opinion, and you shoot nine more shots than Milwaukee. Just was uh, a scheduled loss, like we said, and and, and it, it is what it is. But yeah, it was a good good to see that Franz comes out in this one and has 29 points you wish that he hits more than one for six from three a lot left to be desired in this one and and but all in all not a not a shocking loss by any means and my biggest problem uh with, with this game was jonathan isaac uh you know 14 minutes i know you know he had played the, the night before we'll talk about this more with the pacers you know game as well him playing limited limited minutes but like, just when when are we gonna stop babying Ji? And it's not it's not Ji's fault, but like, when are we gonna get over this fourteen minute a game thing? Like, it doesn't matter how much rest he's had. Like, they're keeping him at about you know fourteen you know minutes or so. Uh, and earlier, you know, in that win streak that we had with Wendell out, we were seeing him close a lot of games for the Magic, and that is like basically ended like the last you know handful of games or so jay was the only thing that we could do with Giannis. i mean he ends up with 37 points but with jay in the game like he was legitimately giving Giannis problems like back-to-back blocks on a single possession on Giannis was the only thing that we could really do to to slow down Giannis. and not going back to jay late in that fourth quarter to me was a, a real issue we we like brought Wendell back in. I think Jay got subbed out with like six or seven minutes left in the fourth. We brought Wendell in for like three minutes 
and then sub Mo Wagner in to finish the rest of the game, which made no sense to me. And you've you know, got somewhat of a chance last couple of minutes to to win that game, and like just not really like the game was out of reach. I don't mean to say like oh like we would have won this game, but it it was just the fact that like we're not really going all the way out for it. Okay, we're going back to Wendell, who is still trying to get his legs back underneath him, but we're gonna get, give him like three minutes of run here, and then we're gonna bring Mo Wagner, and it's just like second night of a back to back, but. If you even have a puncher's chance going down the stretch there, like let's let's go for it because it, it's not like we've got a stretch of easy games coming up that we're saving these guys for. Other than Tuesday, when you play the Wizards, every single freaking night, you're playing a playoff team. Schedule's not getting any easier if you've got even a, an outside chance of making a run at the end of a game. I, I want to see us going for those. So I didn't really understand that decision at the end of the game. Maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. And we'll talk about this more with the Pacers game, Luke, but that's where I'm at with J.I. Like, how long are we going to do this? He looks good. I'm sure if you asked him, he feels like he can play more. And he's been so impactful in the minutes that he has played. It would make a big difference if we could get him you know, closer to like 20 minutes a game. It, insane, the, de- <laughs> the defensive production. We'll talk about the Pacers game, but I'm not spoiling this for anybody. He had three blocks in that game against Indiana that we'll talk about. And he also had three blocks in this one against Milwaukee at 14 minutes. And then a game against Indiana, 12 minutes, three blocks. I mean, the, the things that he was doing to Giannis should be illegal. They just, Giannis doesn't get made to look like that against anybody. And we haven't seen J.I. really do that since John Collins some years ago. I was just about to say John Collins is watching this game from his couch going, yep, <laughs> yep, I've been yeah. there, brother. Yeah, yeah, just the, uh, just it's crazy. We all know the athleticism of Jonathan Isaac, but just the ability to to jump for the fake, jump on the pump, and still recover in time to time your block to go up again and get the block, and then just do it as many. There's, just, there's springs in that guy's legs, which is a miracle, by the way. Like, Along with a lot of other hardware, but yes. Yeah. So I agree. And I. It, it's funny, though, even like just because of his offensive output, two for seven against Milwaukee, I maybe not would have not been as prone to screaming from the rooftops that J.I. needs to play more minutes. But then you have a game like he had against Indiana. Didn't do you know a ton offensively, but was still energizing two of three from the field. Like Jonathan Isaac did, deserves these minutes and I don't know what's holding him back. I don't know if he's like still playing himself to exhaustion and he's having to be taken out or if it is just strictly the training staff and, and whatnot saying, no, you, you have to keep him at a certain amount of minutes here. I guess we're just talking about it now because he doesn't look gassed to me. Yeah. Like earlier in the season, he absolutely looked gassed. He comes out of these games. Like to me, his face is like, Put me back in. Like, I'm out mm-hmm. here. I'm making an impact. Jonathan Isaac per minute has been one of the most, if not the most impactful defender in the NBA. He is leading the NBA in stocks, steals plus blocks per minute. According to teamrankings.com, which I'm sure aggregates like the public availability, publicly available, you know, stats from NBA.com. But Jonathan Isaac leading the NBA in stocks per minute. 
What do you want from a defender? You want steals and freaking blocks, and he's giving them to you more per minute than anybody in the NBA. And I'm just, again, if we could get this kid up to 20 minutes per game and, and get him in more of an offensive rhythm, because all he's doing right now is taking, you know, feet set threes, not all that efficiently, and like the occasional, you know, cut, you know, layup or, you know, put back or whatever. And at the end of that Bucks game, Am I worried about, hey, are we going to be able to find a bucket? Or am I willing, like, worrying about like, who the hell is going to stop Giannis? In that instance, I'm like, this guy's got 37. We need to do something. Mm-hmm. So probably wouldn't have made a difference. But I'm still fresh off of this Pacers game where it was like, okay, Jonathan played seven minutes in the first half, seven minutes in that second half, like seven minutes in that third quarter, into the, or uh, at the beginning of the fourth, I should say. And then comes out, you know, five or six minutes left and, and we don't see him again. Luckily in this game, didn't really matter. Magic were able to, to make plays against the Pacers and close that game out. But yeah, I'm getting to the point where it's like, okay, he's playing in back-to-backs. He's been relatively healthy. He's not having like little, you know, knick-knack injuries here. He had the ankle a couple of weeks ago, missed a couple of games, came back. has been totally fine. Doesn't look gassed is playing really well, not showing a ton of signs of rust defensively. Like, let's ramp, let's get it to 16 minutes. Let's get it to 17 minutes. Like, what are we doing here? How long are we going to do this? Because, like, come playoff time, Jonathan Isaac is going to need to be playing 20 minutes a game. Like, absolutely, he's going to need to be doing that. And what, are you going to start ramping him up at, like, the end of February and give him, like, a month of doing that? Or are you going to give him two months of doing that? I don't know, but it's 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 just annoying. Were you surprised to see? Because the question going into this game was one of them, health related, was is Wendell Carter Jr. going to play a back to back? Despite not playing since November second, whatever it was, twenty plus games, conditioning. I was curious to see what it would happen, and he ends up starting this game playing twenty one minutes. Were you surprised by that at all? Or what did you have expectation going to that game like that morning when you woke up? No, I wasn't really surprised uh, that he was able to do that because, like, you know, it's not like a lower body thing. Like, we've just been sort of waiting for his conditioning to come back. A little bit surprised that, you know, he's, I guess, on a, it seems like a minutes restriction. You know, they gave him some more run at the end of that Bucks game just so he can continue to sort of try and, and get that win back. Ended up playing, you know, 21 and a half minutes in that. I think another part of it was like no Joe Ingles, no Jalen Suggs. This is very much a, a game that the Magic needed to win. So wasn't totally surprised by that. But I I have the same question with Wendell. Like, okay, how long are we going to, to do this? With him, makes a little bit more sense, you know, missed an entire month. So uh but but no, I mean I guess we're gonna take a a quick break here to talk about our patrons, then we'll just jump right into to the Pacers game here. So want to give a quick shout out to our, our wonderful wonderful patrons. We've been doing our, our six days of, of Christmas here. It's ending uh, as we're recording this. It's going to end tomorrow, but listening to this on Christmas, uh, it's already ended. But that wouldn't be possible at all uh, with our wonderful patrons, which are the folks that uh, help financially support the show to help us do everything that we do. Uh, if you would like to join our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And we have a new patron that joined our all-star tier this past week. Uh, Devane Madison, a big shout out to Devane. 
Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining the Patreon. Uh, your support uh, really helps us to everything that we do here. Uh, so we shout out our brand new patrons every episode that we have them. And then we shout out our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons each and every episode. Uh, so shout out to the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch, Dave, Paolo and Francis Warmth, Pierre A., Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Danimal, Dotto 15, Bobby Skinner, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, uh, Jose Esquilin Kayla Pete, Cannibalism, Ty, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Afrikan, Shahan 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ben Himro, RM Prof 221, Ray Pastranas, Magic Kid 714, Banking Season, Soft Taco, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Eddie Houses, Burner, Maria, Keith Waltz, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, Kaysen Green, Santi Leon, Kane Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad Timsa, Chansu, and Tom Gadsden. A big thank you to all of our patrons. We wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, Luke, talking about this Pacers game, second straight game without Joe Ingles uh, and Jalen Suggs, the both of them, Joe Ingles now has missed the, the last four games here. But we always knew this was going to be a tough one. Indiana has been playing a little bit better as of late. We know they wanted a little bit of revenge uh, for our last meeting when the Magic uh, blew them out at home. Uh, and the Magic, Luke, started this game off really, really well. I thought the first quarter in this game was the best the Magic have played in an entire quarter for probably the last three weeks or so. Really, really good offensively, uh, really good defensively as well. Shot 52% from the floor, held Indiana to 45% and forced them into four turnovers as well. Um, the issue in this game really came in the second and third quarters, Luke, where the Magic gave up 32 points and then 33 points to the Pacers, but were able to sort of tighten up the defense again only giving up 18 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, this game didn't really feel like it was uh, in, in danger of, of losing uh, for the Magic the last couple of uh, minutes, Luke, uh, and the Magic with a 117-110 to win. Just awesome offensive performances from Franz Wagner uh, and Paolo Bancaro as they combined for 58 points in this one, Luke. Uh, yeah, uh, a very much needed win as Indiana is not that far behind you in the standings there. This would have been the Magic's fifth loss in a row, which definitely would have now been a good thing. Uh, what were your takeaways from this one? Paolo Bancaro's an all-star. 
Amen. That was my takeaway from this one. 36 minutes, 11 of 20 from the field, 16 free throw attempts. She was 12 of 16, 34.7 rebounds, four assists. There was, you know, obviously a lot of people on Twitter just going back and forth, right, about you know, everybody's once now that we've got national attention to some extent, Palo kind of putting the magic on the map in that respect. Hoop Central put out a tweet with Palo's stat line. Like I just said, 34 points, seven rebounds, four assists, 55% from the field. Then you got, you know, Pacer fans crying about it and the replies that he was guarded by 6'4", Buddy Heald, and 6'5", Aaron Neesmith. And it's like, Paolo's just doing what he's supposed to do. Paolo, that's what a great player does. They see their matchup, they take advantage of the matchup, and Paolo just continually was getting into the paint, getting into the free throw line. And the team as a whole was doing this, man. The, the, whole, the whole night, just getting touches in the paint. And they're... There was a lot of times last season, the season before, where the Magic maybe wouldn't take advantage of matchups, just weren't aware, whatever it might have been. The Magic able to get into the paint, score buckets, just decimating Indiana on this one. 64 points in the paint to their 40. Just I was That was what I was most impressed with tonight, not settling from three or anything like that. Yeah, if you look at Paolo and Franz especially, they combined for two three-point attempts, and we've you know, talked about this on the pod. I, I I tweeted about it as well. Like the recipe for the magic in in wins, they shoot you know low attempts from three. They shoot a high percentage, and they hold their opponents to you know lower attempts and low percentage as well. When everything flips the other way, where the magic are, are taking threes, their percentages drop, and then in losses, they are just giving up way more uh, you know three point attempts. Which to Indiana's credit, you know, fifteen to thirty four. A 44% from the three, like that's really, especially in that third quarter, what kept Indiana in this game. But the Magic didn't sort of fall into the trap, continue to get to the rim, continue to get to the free throw line. And 41 free throw attempts, I would argue that it probably should have been more. Like the entire third quarter in the first, you know, four or five minutes of the fourth, every little ticky tack call was going Indiana's way, whether it was Tyrese Halliburton flopping twice in the span of three seconds and just falling out of bounds and drawing a, a foul on, on Caleb Houston, or it was, you know, Paolo and Franz like going to the rim and getting absolutely hammered and, and no call and it just going the other way or Tyrese Halliburton getting past Franz and Franz like grazing Halliburton's like trail arm and him just like flailing and throwing the ball up and, and getting a foul call. That was super frustrating, but credit to the magic in other games this year where like the officiating hasn't been great in stretches and they've really let that get to them. They didn't. They just stayed focused, continued to do uh, what they were doing. 13 turnovers to Indiana's 15. Don't love, you know, 13 turnovers, uh, but the Magic have been, you know, one of the higher turnover teams in the league this year. Out-rebound uh, Indiana 39 to 33. You love to see that. Um Wendell only 4 points and 8 rebounds in this game, but Wendell felt a lot more like Wendell tonight than he did in the, the last couple of games here as he's gotten back into the lineup. And I think that will continue from Wendell having a center back in the lineup who can grab the offensive rebound and like just go right back up with it. And I'm confident that he's going to be able to finish. Definitely miss that. His defense has been pretty solid since he's been back. It's just they we talked how 
his role is probably going to be a little bit different offensively now that it has been so Paolo and Franz heavy. And I, I feel like it's going to take time for him to really find his spots within the flow of the offense. Want to see more, you know, pick and roll, like lob attempts at the rim for him. We know he's been great and efficient at that in the past. Uh, but just really a, a great game for the Magic. Gary Harris got back on track a little bit from behind the arc. Two for four, uh, 15 points, five of nine from the floor for Gary in that one. And I don't think we have like Indiana's number by any means, but I do think it's a really good matchup for us. What we have to stay away from is in like tonight, the second and third quarters, like really playing into Indiana's game and increasing the pace and this turning into like a shootout is not what the Magic want. When the Magic were able to really like lock in defensively in that first quarter, giving up 27, and especially in that fourth quarter, only giving up 18, that's when the Magic are going to have big advantages over Indiana. And these you know, two young and upcoming teams in the Eastern Conference, I think we're probably going to see like playoff series for years to come between these teams. I would love to see one as early as like this you know, late April or early May. I think it would be a lot of fun to see these two teams go at it for seven games. Indiana is definitely not a team that I would uh, hate playing against after what we've done to them, getting the two wins that we have so far in the season. Haven't seemed to be too much of an issue. Obviously, we match up well because of the fact that we have Paolo Bancaro and Franz Van... Fra- I don't know what I was about to say. Franz Wagner, uh, but just size advantage against the Pacers and the ability to get into the paint, play it well, and as long as the Pacers aren't going nuclear from three, which is definitely in a seven-game series, they're going to have a couple games where they do go no nuclear, but I feel pretty confident that the Magic will be able to handle them. The most, One of the most impressive things to me, aside from just getting to the paint and just continuing to do that, understanding their best route to winning was doing so, is the free throws. In, in general, that goes with kind of hand-in-hand with being in the paint. But shooting 41 free throws to the Indiana's 13 and still shooting better percentage-wise by 11%. Indiana just 69% from the free throw line while the Magic were 80.5% especially for a team like the Magic, who's been struggling to this point, shooting those free throws. They can get there, but they're not always hitting them. 80%, though, we can absolutely live with that because I believe this year they're shooting like 75. So that was also just another aside there, what I was um, most impressed with. Obviously, Paolo Bancaro with his his point outburst and not even attempting a single three-pointer. Goes into the philosophy of the game. Very clear what the game plan was. So great job by the scout. They're scouting for what this team had to do for this one. The players bought into it and and, and it paid off. But yeah, the the two crazy things to me, uh, Franz Wagner, no assists tonight. Kevin, producer Kevin pointed that out. And the one that I noticed was like immediately was he didn't take a single three. And imagine what happens when just like as he continues to get older, and more confident even in his three-point shot. Like, we've seen the leap this year. It's absolutely there. He is a much improved three-point shooter this year. But can you imagine what that's going to look like? He's just going to have consistently 45-plus point games, multiple throughout the, throughout seasons and years to come when he's actually taking that three ball, sprinkled in there. Just didn't even need to tonight. But in years to come where he's more confident in that, it's it's going to happen and it's going to be more apparent. I wanted to uh, shine some light on uh, some guys off the bench. Uh, Cole Anthony, 12.6 rebounds, three assists and a steal. 
pretty you know consistent probably not the best shooting night for, from Cole Anthony but gave you a little bit of the scoring punch that you needed Caleb Houston uh 20 minutes 32 seconds in this one six points uh two of four from behind the arc Caleb Houston like legitimately becoming a, a good shooter this year I think he's right around 40 percent from the year last time I checked and like defensively he's like good enough almost good enough there to where he's like bordering on like legitimately good like for what he is like a guy that's just going to come off the bench give you you know 20 minutes a game the more that he's able to knock down that three and I think in years to come maybe as this team moves on from a guy you know like Joe Ingles who is going to be aging and we don't know what's going to happen with Gary Harris but you hope that you know Jet Howard you know who used the you know 11th pick on this year you hope he's going to develop into a, a real NBA guy you know he hasn't seen like like actual like significant minutes yet so far through his career as he's sort of bouncing back between Orlando and, and Osceola but I just think of like Caleb Houston and Jet Howard in the same lineup and how much shooting and spacing that could potentially give you so that really gets me excited everybody knows that I'm a big Caleb Houston guy so the fact that he's no longer like a theoretical shooter and is a guy who like every time he you know throws one up, which is every time he touches the ball, you're expecting that it's going to go in has been really fun. And then we've already talked about this guy, but Jonathan Isaac, uh, four points, three blocks in 11 minutes, just absolute animal. And that leads me right into this week's uh, Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. We're going to go to the second quarter to the 921 mark. Uh, Cole Anthony uh, is cutting uh, through the lane here. Finds Jonathan Isaac cutting back door, who elevates over Miles Turner and Aaron Neesmith uh, for the big jam to give the Magic a 14-point lead there in the second quarter. That is this week's Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week, Luke. Super happy for J.I. getting his first Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week, and it came in a win. So an electrifying moment there near the beginning really set the tone and continued on for the Magic. Obviously brought to you guys by Jam Hot Chicken. If you guys have not checked out Jam Hot Chicken, I hope that the only reason is because you don't live in Central Florida. Because if you do live in Central Florida, you need to get out to Jam Hot Chicken. They've got the best, the best hot chicken that I've ever had in my life. I make it a point to stop there every time before a game. I leave early enough to make it happen. They're located at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square. You can also go online, jamhotchickenfl.com to access the menu, online ordering, music playlists, all of that. You can also go to their social media. They have one of the best social media accounts that I've seen from a restaurant, just aesthetically pleasing. They don't have lulls in their posts. They post a lot. They post updates on their hours. They're very communicative via social media. They're all over the place and super interactive. So shout out to them, but you can find them at Jam Hot Chicken on everywhere on social media. They had a uh, Jack from Jack's Dining Room uh, at Jam Hot Chicken today. As he was doing a, a review. If you're not familiar with uh, Jack, Jack's Dining Room on Instagram, he's got over 424,000 followers. Uh, has done videos with uh, Dave Portnoy. Everybody knows from uh, Barstool and the, the One Bite stuff, and uh, one of my favorite social media uh, personalities. Uh, Kuj, Meals by Kuj, Kujin. Uh, Luke, I don't know if you're familiar with Kuj. Of course. But he, he is just one of the all-time legends 
when it comes to, uh, you know, food and, and all things, uh, just being a, a an Italian, uh, from, uh, from Staten Island, you know, the, the DC loves his diet Cokes. Uh, this is turning to be a uh, meals by a uh, cuisine. Um, but no shout out to, to jam hot chicken had Jack there from Jack's dining room today. Really happy for our, our friends over at jam hot chicken. Look, I didn't really have anything else to add from the Pacers game. It was just a, a game that the Magic absolutely needed to win. Going into that game, I think you were just two games up on Indiana. So getting the win over them and trying to look at the Magic schedule right now, I don't know how many more times we play Indiana this year. Going down, you only play them one more time. So you've officially clinched the the tiebreaker in the season series over the Pacers, which coming down the stretch here is going to be pretty important. So it was a big win for the Magic. Luke, before we look at the week ahead, did you have anything else from that game that you wanted to touch on? I did want to ask you one thing. I wanted to talk about Goga Batase getting a DMP in that Milwaukee game. And I believe the Heat game as well, if I'm not mistaken, when Wendell came back and returned. So in this one, he gets some run. And near the end, he actually did make a, a positive impact defensively. He's running around out there, and he has a block tonight. And I was thinking to myself, is is mostly in the same mind mindset that I am that I just don't know if this guy can just keep getting did not plays. I don't know. I don't know where I stand with Goga and how he fits with the rotation, especially once we get you know Jalen Suggs back, Joey Ingles. There's just so many minutes that need to be given out. Markel Fultz, like you've just got so many guys that have to fit in a rotation. I would hate for Goga to be the odd man out once again, but tonight he plays 10 minutes. Rather impactful for Goga in this one. He, had a, he was a plus 11 in 11 minutes. Um, So I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Goga. I think you know, Jamal has stated multiple times now that he prefers to run a 10-man rotation you know, here in the regular season. So unless you were going to go with Chuma or Sko, like the only other two guys that were dressed and available in this game, like Goga is the guy that makes the most sense. And especially with Wendell only playing 16 minutes, J.I. only playing 12 minutes in this game, it makes sense for that guy to come in off the bench to be Goga. Yeah. As Wendell ramps up and plays more minutes and J.I. ramps up, hopefully eventually, I think those two guys alone will like eat up any minutes that would be available for Goga. Like Mo Wagner is going to get his 20 minutes a game. Like that's not going anywhere, I think. But as Wendell and J.I., both of those guys, because J.I. has shown that he can play the five. And, you know, he's defensively, and I think overall, just more impactful than Goga. So to me, it makes sense that Wendell, J.I., and Mo would be the guys that would play over him. And then especially once. Joe Ingles and Jalen Suggs come back, even if Wendell and J.I. are playing somewhat limited minutes. I just don't see this team going 11 or 12 guys deep just to get Goga run. I think no. when everybody is healthy, even, even if Wendell and J.I. aren't you know, 28 and 20 minutes per game you know, respectively, I still don't think you'll see Goga get run. In that Bucks game... Mosley goes nine-man rotation. But my theory there is that Mo Wagner had it going, right? Like 10 of 15 from the floor, 21 points. 
eight rebounds. He was giving you a lot. It was a Mo Wagner type of game. And he runs 27 minutes in that one. Whereas tonight, obviously he didn't have that stat line. He, he still played relatively well, for sure. But uh, runs 20 minutes. So I guess that's my theory, is that when maybe when Mo's got the hot hand, maybe Goga takes a back seat, doesn't play that game. But other than that, I feel like we can expect to see him play until a lot of these guys get introduced in the lineup. I'm, man, I just continue to be very interested to when this team is fully healthy, finally again, what what you do at that point. Because a lot's changed since the beginning of the season in, in regards to who has stepped up. At that point, J.I. will hopefully be playing even more minutes because even at the beginning of the year, J.I. was still, he, he hit the 20-minute mark in a game against Chicago. So those minutes are in there somewhere for Jonathan Isaac. I don't know what that rotation is going to look like, but I'm I'm super intrigued. Yeah, so he, I mean, he has played, you know, 19 and a half minutes against Chicago, like you said. Uh, back in November, played 17 minutes versus Milwaukee. Uh, November 15th, 16th, 47 versus Chicago. Uh, just last week, played almost 17 minutes against Boston. 16 minutes against Boston on Black Friday, like these, like 12, you know, 14, you know, minute games that we're seeing recently, just really, really weird to me. Like we're at the point now, I think we should be ramping J.I. up instead of sort of limiting his minutes in in certain respects. And I think the much more interesting question is what happens with Anthony Black when Markell is back and you have Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs and Gary Harris and Joe Ingles, like that to me is going to be much more interesting to see what happens with Anthony Black. And like, we're, we're going to get to the point in the season where we're like, wow, like I think what's going to happen is we're going to be like, how is Anthony Black not playing? How is Goga Batadze not playing after how well they've played when they did get minutes? It's like, hey, this is just the reality of the roster right now. And this is how things are going to go when everybody's healthy. Is there a move to be made? I don't know. There's there's rumors that the Magic might be interested in, in Tyus Jones from the Washington Wizards. You know, if he's made available, because they seem like they're, you know, wanting to go into like hard tank mode. Finally, who knows what's going to happen there? So a lot of questions. We've been talking about this for feels like months now. Don't envy the decisions that Jamal Mosley and this team has to make once everybody is ready to go. The last thing I'll say on this. My take is that by deadline, Goga's dealt. I, I, I don't think there's a reason to hold him captive in Orlando if you're not going to play him. There is, and it is Wendell Carter Jr.'s health. I would hold on to, to Goga strictly for Wendell insurance. I agree. I just Goga might, may not be happy with that, but hey, brother, we're, you're cashing those checks, aren't you? You're gonna sit right there, and you're gonna like it. I this is the time where I wish I we not had fair a, to Goga, but that's how I feel. There's I wish we had like the communication records between organizations because the thing I would want to know is how many calls did you receive about Goga Pataze before the deadline this year? Because I think they're gonna get quite a few. The Knicks, they're they're shorthanded at this point, right? No Mitchell Robinson the rest of the season. Their only other options Jericho Sims, which. Listen, nothing, nothing, no, nothing uh, negative to say too much about Jericho Sims, but Goga Pataze is just—he's—he's he's been great. He's been a very serviceable backup. 
and I think you could uh, you could use him. The Knicks just brought in freaking Taj Gibson for crying out loud. Pulled that man basically out of retirement. So I think that there's going to be a lot. Between him and Joe Kim Noah. Well, that, there you go. <laughs> the uh, the calls I think are rolling in for, for old Gogs. And I, I am very interested to see what happens around deadline. All right, Luke, let's take a look at the week ahead here. So we've got a couple of days off. Everyone knows the Magic are, are not playing on Christmas this year, unfortunately. Hopefully this is the, the last year for a while that they're not playing on Christmas. Uh, but they're back at it on Tuesday at Washington. Uh, you've got a, a road home back-to-back Tuesday and Wednesday. So in Washington on Tuesday, home for Philadelphia on Wednesday. I'll be in the building for that game. And then you've got the Knicks on Friday at home. And then Sunday, you're not the West Coast, but almost to the West Coast. You go out West to Phoenix on New Year's Eve. That game tips off at 8 o'clock. Myself and Luke uh, will be lucky enough to be recording a podcast episode immediately after that game. So just want to prepare you all in advance. That game is probably going to end barring overtime somewhere around like 10, 15, 10, 30 Eastern time. Luke and I would like to spend a little bit of time with our families to ring in the new year. So that's going to be probably a, a quicker, shorter episode as we go through that, Luke. Uh, but at Washington, home for Philadelphia and New York, and then at Phoenix next week, Luke, uh, what do you think happens? What, what What's the Magic's record next week? First of all, you'll be in the building. Which game as media? Uh, the 27th, Philadelphia. And then I will be there against the Knicks on the 29th. So Six Man Show will have you guys even more covered than usual. We'll be uh, back-to-back the games there as media. So that'll be fun. That being said, man, such a jam-packed week. I, I'm i just going to go the safe answer here. I'm going to say two and two. Yep. I'm just going to say two and two. You you, ha- you, you have, have to, to beat Washington. You it's have not to an beat option. Washington. You have to be Washington because at that point, if you lose to Washington on Tuesday, I then would like to go back in time and say that the match go 0-4 this week because that's a, a quite the blow to take uh, to lose to them on Tuesday. So I'm going to say that you uh, you beat the Wizards, and then I'll say that you pick it up against the Knicks on Friday because yeah. Mitchell Robinson has been a, a pain to me when we play the Knicks in the past, rebounding-wise on the glass. Without and him blocking shots, defense. been an yep. issue for years been an issue he's an incredible presence down low so the magic are fortunate that mitch is out for the rest of the season i'm hopeful the magic that's where you where you pick up another one i say we beat the knicks if jalen suggs and joe Ingles are back they have to be without jalen suggs especially jalen brunson is gonna have his way with, with our with our guards i fear yeah. So really need Jalen Suggs back for that game on Friday, but I'm right there with you. Two and two. You have to beat Washington. Got to find a way to get that win at home over the Knicks. And then, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like the Suns haven't looked great. I mean, they're, they're 14 and 14, you know, no, no Bradley Beal, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are still seemingly figuring things out. I, I, we have we have a chance. I think we have a chance in each of these games. I don't like the Philadelphia game because it's a back to back and it's a road home, and Philadelphia is really good, right? So I don't love that matchup. But if the Magic go three and one this week, I won't be shocked. 
I I won't either. But the other thing I will add about Phoenix at home, they're seven and eight. So it's not like they are awesome at home. The Sixers, on the other hand, they're pretty good at, at home, right? And I think that's or no, you're you're at Amway yeah, we're for that we're one. home. So we're we'll listen, see. That was a toss up, I think. For 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 all intents and purposes, when it comes to the NBA, it's always going to be pretty much feel like a toss up unless it's a scheduled loss back to back. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thankful we're not in Philadelphia for that for sure, but uh, I I think that realistically you can go two and two, but in a perfect world, a in a perfect, perfect world, world you go. I mean, come on, man, you got you go four yeah. now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that there's that Suns game definitely has a chance you get the Sixers at home at least I don't know dude the magic this week could go every way man I have no idea you could go and four or four and oh and I wouldn't be super shocked there's a the magic did this a few years ago where they played an east coast game on New Year's Eve and then flew in the central time I think they were playing Chicago or Milwaukee like the next game and they celebrated the new year in the eastern time zone flew into the central time zone and celebrated new years the magic I guess the time zones probably wouldn't work because that game is going to get over around 10 30 they probably will be like like loading onto the plane around midnight eastern time new year so they won't be able to celebrate that I guess in but it's going to be weird because it won't be midnight. Like they're not going to have a midnight New Year's. Like they're going to be flying across the country, enter into a new time zone, and it's just going to be like two a.m. all of a sudden. It's going to be weird for it's going to be a weird New Year's Eve for the Magic time wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you don't play again until well, you play January second, Tuesday in Golden State. Oh, so then they won't be flying back west. They'll just be for some reason. I thought they were coming home, but no. So they'll just be. They'll have a West Coast uh, New Year's Eve for yeah so because it's, about that because it's, I'm an uh, idiot. It's Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, Denver. That's your road oh trip. Oh my gosh, that's a fun road trip, huh? Here we are, folks. A bunch of West Coast, and we got a Wednesday, January third, ten p.m. tip off. So buckle up. Kevin tonight on the post game was like, "Oh, you have to beat Washington because like that. That's when the gauntlet starts after that." I'm like, brother, we're in the gauntlet. Oh, we're in that right gauntlet, now. Like, baby. we're getting a quick gauntlet reprieve Tuesday versus Washington. Like, we're getting a quick breather. But like, you've been in the gauntlet for you know 12 days now, starting That's with sad. that Cleveland game on the 11th. Yeah. And and you're in the the gauntlet for the entire month of January. So, is what it is. All right, Luke, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. I don't have anything else. Um, folks, don't forget every single day, vote.mba.com, Paolo Franz, and whoever else you want from the Magic, but those guys especially, vote them as all stars. If you've been paying attention to the six days of Christmas that we did, obviously we love giving back to you guys, but we also use that as an opportunity to sort of like boost like the all star vote initiative for our guys. So make sure that you guys are voting every single day. Um, we would love to get those guys to the all star game. You look at their numbers, you look at the Magic's record and where they are in the Eastern Conference. Team success is always a big factor. Are these guys going to get voted into the All-Star game? Probably not. But when coaches around the league are looking for reserves, they're going to be looking at team record and looking at the best guys on those teams. 
and thinking about the guys that they have to game plan for on a night in and night out basis, which is absolutely Powell and Franz. So, um, but vote for our guys, show them love, try to get them to the all-star game. And then next Friday, the 29th, next uh, edition of the six fan show will be filmed outside of the Kia center following the magic's game versus the New York Knicks. Anything else here, Luke? No, let's go. No. Let's go magic, baby. Let's have a good week. I'm, I'm, crossing my fingers for a three in one week all right folks hope you all have or had a very merry christmas um and yeah let's get some wins this week that is going to do it for this one for luke sylvia this has been jonathan osborne you all have been listening to the six man show we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the sixth man show be sure to subscribe on itunes and spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Red!